I'm Scott Hansen with NFL Red Zone, and you are listening to the Gridiron Gentlemen. Hello, and welcome to part one of this week's Gridiron Gentlemen podcast, take two. We'll get into that in a second. Um, we're recording on a Wednesday rather than a Tuesday. Are we recording? Cool. We are definitely recording this time. Okay, just checking. Uh, that was the voice of Simon. Hi, Dan. Hi, Simon. How's it going? I've got a weird sense of deja vu, but I feel like fate's <laughs> been rather kind to us. Yeah, weird, right? So yesterday we recorded a podcast. Yesterday I didn't record a podcast. Which was a very um, good one, actually. You did miss out on a bit of a pearl. Oh, like, sorry. God, yeah, there were so many fun Urban Meyer jokes in there. Um, we'll, we'll try and recreate some of them. But James was on fire as well, bless him, and he can't be with us tonight, so I feel a little bit bad about that. Um, but he, it was, um, it was a good podcast, and uh, just a shame I forgot to hit record on the, the Zoom recorder, really. Oop, Daisy. Yeah, it's all right because we discussed that I've never ever done that before. Oh, except for that interview I did with Marshall Fault. <sighs> never heard of him. Yep. No. Well, no. like um, ex running back wears a yellow jacket. I think you know. what I think what made that Marshall Falk interview mishap funnier was mm. that I spent twenty minutes talking you into going to talk to him. <laughs> yep. Like, I can't talk to him. Why, why can't you talk to him? He's there. Go and talk. He's literally there. Go and talk to him. No, I can't. It's Marshall Falk. I know he's there. Go and talk to him. <laughs> I didn't record it, though. <laughs> what's What's funnier is that we were in exactly the same situation with another Hall of Famer, uh, one Mike, Mike Singletary, and neither of us had the courage yeah, to go, go, talk, to go no, talk to him. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're off to a flyer already. We'll keep, keep one, one in. Um yeah, we're not going to go talk to Mike Singletary, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I forgot to record the podcast yesterday. Uh, as a result, we're recording a day late, and I think we'd have been a bit miffed. The world's gone there was mad. a ton of news, yeah. <laughs> I was so, looking at it thinking, did they change the rules and you have to cut your roster down from 53 even more? Because everybody suddenly started cutting everybody. It's somewhat crazy, yeah. Um, what's this? Former Bears second round pick will be seeking a new home. Good thing uh, Ryan Pace recouped the draft pick. Okay, uh, ignore that. Then I thought I thought we re-signed Anthony Miller for a second there. Um, so should we do this in? We'll we'll do the news in order since we recorded, and then we'll get back to the stuff that happened last week. So um, for starters, Jalen Smith was released by the Dallas Cowboys, which isn't. 100% surprising considering they've got 400 linebackers on their roster and I think and they're all quite good. I think if you asked the Dallas Cowboys whether it was a surprise, most of them would go no, not really. Cuz I don't yeah. think he was particularly adored in Dallas, shall we say? It's probably the politest no. way to put it. And he was of that group he of um particularly Mike Parsons, who's on fire at the moment, and then uh, Keanu Neal, who comes back as well. 
Um, and then Leighton van der Esch, who's actually had a, a good couple of games, from what I understand, from what I remember seeing, at least. Anyway, I've seen him make some good plays, at least. Then, you know, there just isn't room for for Jalen Smith. No, and he was he was going to be expensive as well, wasn't he? It saved him something yeah. like seven million, I think it was five million, seven yeah. million. Um, Cowboys have kind of been on fire on and off the field at the moment. I think we made some good moves. Yeah. So you're super chuffed about that one, side. Si. Yeah, <laughs> delighted. Um, just having a look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nine point two million in injury guarantees next mm. year. So that's that's the big incentive to hoofing him out the door, I think. Yeah. But he's he's not been brilliant, and you know he he will pop up somewhere else and probably be a serviceable number two, number three linebacker in the rotation. Mm. But he's not going to come in and transform the core of your defence. No. No. So uh, he'll end up somewhere. I hope he he ends up somewhere that, that can actually do him. Like It's still a kind of a great story, the way he kind of came back from injury. So it would be nice if he ended up in a place that would do him... Justice, basically. Yeah, I could see him somewhere like... Run. I mean, it wouldn't be the Giants, because the Giants don't want linebackers. Um, no. Plus the fact it's staying in the East. I could see him somewhere like the Packers. Yeah. I think, I think I the Pack, he, would, he would probably slot in quite well with the Packers, because he wouldn't have to be that guy in Green Bay. But he'd yeah. work in the rotation quite nicely, I think. Yeah, I agree. I could definitely see that. So, I thought that was some fairly crazy news to wake up to. And then it got crazier... When Stefan Gilmore was going to be released this evening by the New England Patriots, just coming back from injury, just don't want him on the roster. Saves a bit, saves him a bit of cash. I think they played. I think they did quite a good job here, because they basically announced they were going to release Stefan Gilmore before they released him, and before they even had a chance to release him, the Carolina Panthers came in. And gave him a sixth round pick. So they were going to release him anyway. But they managed to cultivate a draft pick from this as well. Well, they they announced him as a pre-sale, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Pretty much, yeah. You know, if you want to get ahead of the, the crush and be outbid by Tampa, um, can't make mm. us a trade offer. And I I would like to think that in the coming days we'll find out that the team let him have a say in the trade because he's gone to his hometown team. Yeah. Yeah, it does does kind of seem that way, doesn't it? And yeah. it means he keeps his... means there's no contract issues either. He keeps whatever contract is on at the moment with the opportunity to earn a better contract as well. Um, yeah, because he's, he's, he's made no secret of the fact he wants 15 million next year. Isn't he? Yeah. So... He's got a chance to earn it on a decent defense now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what probably defense. being the number one. Yeah, <laughs> probably being the number one cornerback as well. So, yeah, that he's uh, that defense is really scary now. It's kind of stacked, isn't it? Yeah. What I love about it is the rotation they've got. It, it's it's an underrated necessity for a defense to have just a ton of available rotation in because otherwise you can't hang with pretty much any NFL team. You see, you see more rotation on defense than you see on offense. Yeah. Um, so if you can get as many different players that can fill different roles and deal with the different situations that the offense throws up, 
then then you're in a good situation, I think. But so now their their cornerback room, whilst um, what's his damn name, J.C. Horn, whilst J.C. Horn's injured, their cornerback room is still Deontay Dante Jackson, uh, C.J. Henderson, and now Stephon Gilmore, who who makes that whole room better simply by being the number one cornerback. So if Dante Jackson's a number two cornerback, that's great. And if CJ Henderson's a number three cornerback, then that works really well. Yeah. So and what you've done you've is AJ Boy yeah. sat there waiting as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's um that's that's winning from the back forwards, isn't it? Yeah. And then I mean even I know um Shaq Thompson's injured at the moment, is always he's it's questionable, isn't he? So yeah. that's a big miss. He's been excellent. But then up front, when you look at, you've got Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, who's kind of continued on what he was doing last season as well. The Panthers have are put together a very good defence. Jeremy Chin, who's, who played pretty much the role that we thought um, Isaiah Simmons was going to play last year. Mm. Um, and he, he it's... They've just stacked this defense. Yusikros Martis hasn't had a great start, but yep. as a rotational player, then that's fine. You almost wonder if Luke Keekley sat there thinking, if only I'd given it a couple more years. <laughs> I mean, you dropped yeah. Luke Keekley in the middle of that defense. Wow. Oh my God, that would be crazy. With Shaq Thompson as well. Yeah, yeah. second best linebacker. I mean, ugh, just elevate it even further, wouldn't it? Um. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Um, but um, what I like about the Carolina Panthers is they... I don't think anyone saw them as contenders coming into this season. No. Um, they had a run of three good games against, well, what would be considered mediocre teams. I mean, the Giants beat the Saints, so they, they, they can be considered a mediocre team now, I think. Um, and then... They got their ass handed to them by the Dallas Cowboys. So now they've gone, right, so we're not good enough. Okay, what do we need to do? Oh, Stefan Gilmore's just hit the market. Get yeah. him in. Let's have him pick. as well, shall we? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I really like it. And then people, one of my favourite arguments is that, oh, the Panthers' offence is only good because they've got Christian McCaffrey. Who cares? They've got Christian McCaffrey, and when he comes back healthy, as long as he can win them three, four games, then that's three, four games they might not have won necessarily before. But it's a stupid argument anyway, because it's like saying, well, the Patriots' offence was only good because they had Tom Brady. (laughs) Yeah, and? Yeah. (laughs) Phil's just said, if you're recording tonight, I'm available. It's a bit late now, Phil. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. (laughs) And we are actually um, recording this time, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I'm so glad there was no one else on last night. I'll I'll be honest. Sorry, Phil. We'll get you. We'll definitely get you on at some point. But you know, we need to kind of wrap through this a bit. <laughs> yeah, last night was late. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Fruitless. So then. Yeah, utterly pointless. And I, I apologies. Um, I um, yeah. So great move by the Panthers. Um, and then, what else happened? Anthony Miller's been released, which is fine. Um, but there was a press conference. I just thought, 
didn't would, wasn't sure what I was going to listen to on my journey home tonight. And um, I just logged onto Facebook and it said Chicago Bears press conference about to start. Plugged it into my phone, plugged my phone into the car, sorry, and then set off to go home and listen to Matt Nagy basically completely change his tune on, on Justin Fields. From nowhere, apparently. They decided in the last 36 hours with him and the great work that Bill Lazor and the rest of the coaching staff has done. First time I think I've heard him give credit for Bill Lazor in a press conference. It's almost like someone's had a word with him. Do you think his mum sent him out? No, you just go back out there and you tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if his mum is Ryan Pace, Pace then yeah. possibly. Because <laughs> I think Ryan Pace probably just will go up to him and go, you're going to get us both fired. Yeah. Like, if you don't get your stuff. Do you not realise how hot the seat that both of us are on right now? If you keep talking about starting Andy Dalton, um, then that's... You're going to get us both fired. So he came out today. They decided. There's part of me that that thought that maybe he does just want to want have a chance to have a word with Andy Dalton before he announced it. But he still once again went about it completely the wrong way. But, but I'm used to that now. It's it's just been odd from the get go, hasn't it? It's yeah. You know, it's not it's not like this is just underlining the chapter and we'll move on. It's like, okay, yeah. well this is where we're going now, is it? So what we're gonna get after the game if he's not particularly brilliant this week. Yeah. Because now if you weren't gonna announce Justin Fields as your starter the minute Andy Dalton got injured mm. and you leave it this long to decide that he's gonna be your starter. How do you conceivably go back to Andy Dalton being the starter? It, this this feels like the the final pivot. Yeah. That's it. Justin Fields is the starter now. On we go. Yeah. Yeah, you can't talk about how great the work he's been doing in in practices, and then say, right, well, we're going to go back to Andy Dalton now. Yeah. And and the the sad part is that this is the same with any team. If Trey Lance starts on Sunday which is up in this is oh. it's it's up in the air anyway isn't it if, uh, like yeah, whether he's I tell you, start I, so. I put it out on my Twitter feed tonight if yeah. if Jimmy comes out on Sunday as the starter I think half the Niners fan base are going to just completely lose their minds it's mm. going to be hilarious to watch frankly yeah I don't That's... I don't think he will um I think Trey will get the start I think so as well but if Trey Lance comes out and has a similar game to Justin Fields had against the Lions, then it becomes very difficult to start Jimmy Garoppolo again. Yeah, yeah, I, that's I, the same in any team. Unless Trey Lance comes out and completely stinks the place up, which is entirely possible. I mean, it, I mean, you it's know, what Fields did. It it could so, happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I I don't think we'll see Jimmy playing again personally in a Niners jersey anyway. Yeah, and I, I and it is a shame when when you see the the, the reason the reason they're not starting is because they got injured, mm. and that seems to be like a running theme for a number of quarterbacks. Justin Herbert got the start because Tyrod Taylor got injured in the weirdest circumstances ever. But <laughs> yeah. um, and um, and uh, then Justin Fields got the start because Andy Dalton got injured. Trey Lance is most likely going to get the start because um, 
Jimmy's always Jimmy injured. Garoppolo's injured. Jimmy Garoppolo's always injured, yeah. Um, and it just feels that Davis Mills got the start and might get his job taken away when Tyrod Taylor comes back, bless him. Um, because uh, because Tyrod Taylor got injured again. Get injured. <laughs> yeah, Baker Mayfield got the start because Tyrod Taylor got in. I, oh, I, I just end up feeling sorry for Tyrod Taylor most of the time here, but um, it's it's one of those situations where it's very hard. If you're going to start the rookie, it's then very hard to take that job back off him without yeah. making it look like at the time I thought starting tour and then saying right he's not done a great job get Ryan Fitzpatrick back in was a genius move that of like we don't care that he's a rookie we'll treat him like we treat any other player but looking back at it now they're two years down the line and we don't know what tour is anymore because no. they decided to start Ryan Fitzpatrick no, and I seem to recall Tennessee did a similar sort of thing with Mariota as well and yeah. it's had the similar effect on Mariota in that they just never take that next step. And I still don't know what Marcus Mariota is. I don't think Mariota does anymore. No. Like, it's it's one of those ones that, for a while, everyone thought he was a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Like, in, 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 in uh, Vegas now. But um, the problem is, once I think you can overthink it. And once you've started the rookie and once the rookie's actually gone out there and it doesn't look like you're doing them too much damage by starting them. And I listened to a podcast today talking about that and the belief that that's nonsense, basically. If a rookie's going to be bad starting an NFL game, they're going to be bad starting an NFL game. Yeah, It doesn't mean they're not going to get better, but they're not going to get better sitting on the bench after then, so... No, and no. and when particularly at QB and and yeah, it's all rookies, but particularly at QB, I think you have to ride the storm with them over that initial yeah. hump or through the initial slump, whichever way you want to look at it. But you know they're not going to come out there and just be lights out perfect from the get go. It's going to be rough no. to start with, and you yeah. you just have to jump in with both feet and say, yeah, he sucked, but he's going to get yeah. better, and we're going to stick by him. And I think you see that with Josh Allen, probably. Yeah. To a certain extent, Justin Herbert, because he wasn't great in his first few games. But they were like, no, he's he's the QB. It's not up for debate. Yeah. And he'll get better. And look at them both now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Jalen Johnson, don't ignore that. That's just interesting to be, but no one else. Um but yeah, so Justin Fields got the start. This all happened in the space, well, it, between last night's pod and this morning, this has all happened. Bears have shined, signed uh, Kareem Grant as well as a kick returner. That's, once again, only interesting to me, most likely. And bearing um, in mind last night's pod finished this morning. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So a lot happened between then and now, yeah, so yeah. Between this morning um, and this morning. We'll briefly touch on the Urban Meyer situation. We won't go into the... 45-minute rant that we had last night. That's it's an unfortunate turn of phrase, talking about Urban Meyer and brief touching. <laughs> um, touching so briefs. I'll, I'll, I'll probably just do like a bullet point. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not dirty. <laughs> a bullet point look starts. at what we, what we discussed. <laughs> what we discussed last night. Um, which was essentially that it was weird that he didn't get on the plane home with his team 
that maybe that's the kind of thing you could get away with if he was a college coach, but you can't get away with it if you're surrounded by grown-ass men in the NFL. Um, and then you made a very good point that, yeah, it's not great, but DeAndre Hopkins is sitting there with the ability to start an NFL game um, with 20 counts of sexual misconduct against him, potentially. Yeah. And yet Urban Meyer is everywhere. The Urban Meyer story is all over the place. And everybody seems to conveniently, well, not everybody, but the lion's share of the sporting arena and the media want to just quietly leave the Deshaun story off to one side. And I think it's being self-policed to a certain extent by the Texans with no doubt some coercion from the NFL to say, look, don't even think about trying to start him. Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, want I agree. Drag, they don't want it dragged back front and center. I I think the one thing they want more than anything else is to be able to trade him. Mm. But but rightly, every other team doesn't necessarily want that issue on their team. No, and they're not going to trade for somebody that potentially is going to be facing a long spell away from the game, either. Yeah. At the hands of the NFL or law enforcement. Um, yeah, I don't think any team, unless the price is ridiculously cheap, is going to roll the dice on that. <clears throat> and neither should they. You know, I'm not in any way suggesting any of this is right. I think it's disgusting that he's even technically still allowed to suit up. And I know he isn't. And I know, as I say, that's probably being policed under the radar. Um, but it's I... it's just the way this sport is. And it's horrible. It's the, it's the one thing that I really despise about this sport. And I hate how things. there's no there's no parity really. No. Like it seems to be that that one player will then get put on the commissioner exempt list and then one player won't and it's just purely the situation they are in at that any one time. There is no way that he should even have the opportunity to start for a team. No. Yeah, he mean, should he be should. on that he should be on the exempt list. There shouldn't be like any conversation with the Texans. It should be the NFL just stepping in and going we're investigating this. Yeah. We won't give you the opportunity to even trade him or 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 play him. That should just be taken away. Yeah, he can occupy one of your roster spots, but as far as you're yeah. concerned, he doesn't exist right now. Until um, they figure out what he actually what's Yeah, I mean happened. and yes, it, it you know, it is all hmm. alleged at the moment, but there is an yeah. awful lot of smoke. Um, yes. But it, it's it's just the way this sport is. If you can run well, catch well or throw well or hit well people like to look the other way and it's it's yep. horrible it sticks in the throat yeah yeah I agree but anyway, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one one last point you you remember when Carl Shanahan talked about uh, not sure not being sure if we even if we'll be alive next week yeah in his press conference um, someone in Justin Fields press conference today Asked him, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And he goes, I'm not even sure we'll be on the planet in 10 years. Well, that's taking it a bit far. Yeah, I'm just saying that there's obviously... These NFL types, they know something. Yeah. 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 What if they think yeah. the Earth's flat? No, don't. don't. There's clearly, probably... I wonder if Jared Goff thinks. Um, Jared Goff, right... Deserves a little bit of credit, I think, for just being the same quarterback in every single situation you could possibly put him in. 
Yeah, but the problem is, every single situation you put him in, he is the same guy, but he looks yeah. like the Saturday lad that doesn't know where the till rolls are kept. He's he's gonna get you a solid record wherever he is. Yeah, he's not. He's he's almost the new Alex Smith, isn't he? He's just yeah. Mister Dependable. He's not gonna set the house on fire, um, but he's not gonna set the world alight either. But he's just got this air about him of not. You know, you watch him perfectly in control of the offence and calling the plays and things, but he just looks like the dude that has no idea what's going on. He's like, I think this is right, we'll do this. Do, yeah, let's do this. You come over this way. and Yeah, that's that works. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. And then gets pancaked. Just, yeah, he's massively overpaid. That was the problem. Because otherwise, yeah. I think... Otherwise, I could, see, I could have seen him on a team like Pittsburgh, but, but there we go. He's on the Lions now, and he's doing okay. Um... General thoughts on week four? Uh, officiating's not getting any better, is it? And it's a, it, no. It's a wide, wide problem now because you, you know, any week of any season, there will be a game where a crew has a bad game, or a team will lose and they'll blame the officiating. Yeah. But last week and this season as a whole, it seems to be every game, every week, and on both sides. Mm. You know, both fans, sets of fans complaining about the officials in the same game would suggest the officials are actually pretty poor. Mm. There's been yeah. a lot this year. And I know, you know, the taunting rule, a certain rule will be introduced and, and that will always be the sticking point. But it's just across the board this year. There have been so many bad calls. Yeah. And, you know, last week the Niners-Packers game, there was a lot of discussion about the hit on Devontae Adams. Not last week, week before. Um, but that's because the back judge was doing what NFL officiating mandate he does now, trail the play. He just happened to be the wrong side. They're human. They're going to miss stuff. The issue for me, the bigger issue for me, is that the NFL is just hanging them out to dry because they've got all yeah. the technology available to them with this whole eye in the sky and all of this you know they could have easily stepped in then and and radioed down to the field and said look you might want to have a look at that because i think you missed something there mm. and it's perfectly feasible to stop the game and have a look at it and and interject but they're yeah. just leaving the officials out there and then not necessarily backing them up afterwards and it's it's getting yeah. worse and the nfl need to hold their hands up and say yeah okay we need to look at this we need to change how we're doing this yeah, and it feels like we get to this point every year and there's always something wrong with the officiating that we end up talking about. Yeah, it just seems this year that it's, as I say, it's it's everywhere. It's not like there's one incident each week. Mm. There were six, seven games this week where both sets of fans were in unison about how bad the officiating crews were. Mm. When you get that many games in a week where everybody's complaining about the officials tends to suggest that the standard in in general is dropping rather than it just being a, an up, a upset fan base for one particular team that feel like they were cheated. Well, officials there for parity and um, and safety, really. Making sure yeah. that everything that happens is safe and making sure everything happens is fair. And it feels like everything else should be about the enjoyment of the sport. So feels like officials just tend to get a bit too involved sometimes like 
the problem they've got is when they set the tone of a game, and particularly on primetime I've noticed this, and you see a flag appear for something that maybe wouldn't be a flag at a six o'clock game, hmm. then you know that every time that happens in the game, it's most likely going to be a flag. Now, the biggest issue is when it doesn't, when that doesn't happen. Yeah. When you get, um, like, pass interference is subjective. There's no two ways about it, particularly nowadays where it seems to be that players are definitely getting more handsy than I think they have been in the last few years. Um, so you either let them have the odd push every now and then that you think, would a 200-pound wide receiver really be thrown off by this gentle push from 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 a cornerback yeah or you just crack down on it entirely and i for one would rather see a little bit of contact between the players like you're not going to do any damage what you're doing is saying is this has he actually altered the the other guy's chance of catching the ball yeah has he physically prevented yeah. him from catching him pushing yeah. him with the outside of his hand as they're running side by side down the field might get flagged for it but I don't actually genuinely think that's going to affect his ability to catch the ball if he's leaning into him with his shoulder as they're running down the field that's entirely different yeah yeah exactly yeah if um some corners rely on that as well like mm. Jalen Johnson for the Bears and uh, Carl Fuller when he was for the Bears as well he it was all about timed hits and timing their hits for exactly when the uh, the receiver caught the ball. And you could tell what kind of game you were going to have with Carl Fuller particularly when the ref would call certain hits that wouldn't be called in other games. So like if you're a, 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 a cornerback that's making their money with those hits that are timed generally to perfection and maybe sometimes a touch early, then you at least want to know where you stand. And at least want to know whether you need to change your game. Yeah, and you go through the entirety of, of week seven without pulling a single flag, and you go out and do yeah. exactly the same thing to start week eight, and yeah. boom, there's a flag. And yeah, it, what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it, it makes it ten times more confusing for the players, um, yeah. and it makes it ten times less enjoyable to watch. Because as soon yeah. as that first flag goes up, on the third play of, from scrimmage, you think, Ugh, it's going to be one of those today. And suddenly it sucks half the enjoyment out of the game. Yeah, it's like holding on the offensive line. It's just something that doesn't get called very often. No. No. So, it, it, so, in which case, it needs to. You should really only call it if it's something truly egregious. Yeah. But some refs just call it, and they just keep calling it. And what you're doing then is ensuring your quarterback's going to get hit a ton in a game. So it's. Uh, the refereeing has been questionable, and more more so this year. And as you say, I think you start off with a bad taste in your mouth with the taunting rule, which is just utter nonsense. And impossible to judge whether someone's actually taunting. Yeah. Because there is always a moment when a player leans over another player they've just knocked over. So then you've got to decide, okay, well, is he leaning over him because he's just trying to right himself? Or is he leaning over him to, like, taunt him? Or... The one, what was the one at the weekend that was really bad? Oh, it's um, Darren Waller, wasn't it? 
Yeah, that was the one. He just stood up and walked away from three players. And whilst he was walking away, he spiked the ball. I mean, that I always understood this year's change to the taunting rule for it to be an act that's directed at another player. Well, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't actually facing anybody. He was walking away, and spiked the ball, and yet they still flagged him for it. He had his back to the players in question. I mean, how the hell is that taunting? They, they. I mean, it's, I love trash talk. Okay, I love trash talking games, and I love the idea that one player can get in another player's head by doing yeah. that. Um, and so it's fine. So it's. It's a 15-yard penalty for that to happen. But it's perfectly okay for a Buffalo Bills offensive lineman to pretend he can't see the shorter cornerback that's, that's coming up and giving him giving him some grief. By the way, it is kind of funny, but yeah. at the same time, that, that is taunting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I the, the problem I have with it all, outside of the rule itself and the enforcement of it, hmm. is the reasoning behind it. Yeah. The whole reason they're doing this is because they want to stop the mass brawls and the fights. A, how many times do you see a mass brawl during an American football game? Yeah. Not many. No. And if you want to stop that, punish that really heavily. Yeah. And expect players to be able to play within the boundaries and if they overstep that boundary then you come down on them like a ton of bricks i almost wonder if this is 100 percent down to the javon wims chauncey gardner johnson stuff like i but but then they they do punish him yeah yeah but the cynic in me suggests it's just a revenue generator Mm. i mean it's it's not I don't see that somebody running through a defensive line and carrying three linebackers for six yards mm. and then standing up and spinning the ball is going to start a, a mass brawl. Okay, yeah. And also, if we're going to do that, then stop uh, wide receivers signalling first down. Yeah. Stop. If we're going to do that. Stop them asking for flags for passing interference. Yep. Stop... Um, uh, team celebrations in the end zone from interceptions. Stop Jalen Ramsey doing a lap of honour. Yeah. Like, all these things count the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be in someone's face. These things just happen in sport. Yeah. Let it happen. Stop Baltimore being allowed to run three yards on the last play of the game. Yeah. Because you know that that will carry over into the next meeting of the two teams. Well, it definitely will after the uh, the arguments that Vic Fangio and uh, John Harbaugh have been exchanging. Yeah, well done. You remember I, the I, game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had I had practice, so um, <laughs> I I I don't know where I stand on this because I kind of there's part of me that quite likes that John Harbaugh was like we get this record, and and as James pointed out last night, and I'll give him credit for this because it was his his he's a Broncos fan, and even he was saying. He's doing it for his team. Now, where it was idiotic was you don't get Lamar Jackson to run those three yards. No. That's silly, especially if you know you're going to be winding up the opposition as well. Yeah, but at the same time, I can see the countenance to that in that you want to make sure you get them. And he's just as likely to get injured on the first play of the game as he is the last play of the game. 
Yeah, but you 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 are you're you shouldn't you're, be you're inviting them... inviting danger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've, I've got no problem with it. You know, you're out there playing football, play football for the 60 yeah. minutes you're there to play football for, and as I can never remember who originally said it, but as has always been said, if you don't like it, stop us. Yeah. Um, this is this is new as well that we wouldn't have had last night. Derek Carr says Joey Joey Bosa's comments pissed him off. Oh, didums! Did he cry? Uh, Derek Derek Carr. This is not a fight you want to be getting in. I don't. Yeah, think. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be picking on the Bosa family. No, no. I don't think you watched the game. Uh, the same, uh, the game in the same order. I, I did. <laughs> Carr said of Bosa. I think he was just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off he's probably mad because I was talking a lot of crap to him during the game it was an emotional day for them I can't imagine that from Derek Carr he's such a nice guy (laughs) but isn't that that's kind of saying to Joey yeah you won you got me you pissed me off that's that's exactly what Joey wanted to do that's that's almost admitting defeat having just been defeated weird I also think and whilst I don't trust the Bears secondary. I also think Derek Carr doesn't want to go into the next game against the team that has more sacks than any other team with a target on his back as well. Yeah. Like, I I, I, I will give... I'm the first person to criticise the Chicago Bears, but they are getting a ton of sacks at the moment. And if that's something that Joey Bosa said, going, yeah, no, we're going to sack him, we get in his head, then the last thing you're going to want if you're Derek Carr is to go up against the Chicago Bears who are getting a ton of sacks with knowing that they've got that mentality at the moment anyway. Yeah, all we've so, got to do is hit him a few times. Well, that's going to be five blitzes straight out the packet. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And admittedly, that that is exactly how the Ravens lost that game against the Raiders, but zero blitz at the end of the game, and Derek Carr handled it very well. But at the same time, it's uh, it's probably not something you want to be putting in the idea of the next opposition of, of Derek Carr. No, and and I imagine it, that would annoy me as well. <laughs> It's not if a, I was the person getting hit. It's not a um, issue you want to associate yourself with, you know. If if no. if there is a weakness that you have, you don't want your opposition finding out about it anyway. But you certainly don't want to endorse the suggestion that you can get inside my head by hitting me, because there are yeah. plenty of defenses out there. I go, okay, well, it's our turn next week. Yeah, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack will. Turn it loose potentially in, in that game. Yeah, just pin their ears back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, other things about week four. I mean, it was just a, a weird week, really. The, the rookies kind of came back in force. I think all of them played better than we'd seen them play before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the the rookie QBs hmm. are kind of settling now. Yes. I, w- I wouldn't say they're brilliant. I mean, Matt no. Jones probably looked the best of all of them this week. He. he could have quite easily just crumbled given the mm. kind of situation he was put in but he played really well Zach Wilson still making some errors but he's a rookie you'd expect it but he's looking a bit more settled now and that win will do the world a good for him yeah um, having played a bit better and got a win out of it it'll you know there'll be some positive connections there um, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I thought he strung together a really good half of football. Like yeah, the first I mean, half, it's, it was excellent. he's 
he's doing exactly the same. He's he's kind of settling in and finding his feet. It's it's kind of as you would expect. They're a month in now, and it's like okay, okay, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm getting this now. Yeah. Now that I've, I've he, had just a few weeks to understand that it's a hundred miles an hour faster than playing the college game. He was pushing the ball downfield, but not taking risks, which is a difficult trait to master. Mm. To, to 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 see the receivers downfield, not necessarily hit them all the time, but also making sure that you're not going to turn the ball over as well. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence has kind of begun to to settle into that, which is I think what we all expected him to do anyway. Yeah. Like he could he could he could throw it through a letterbox. He he can he can hit such small openings. And any time he does it, it doesn't feel like it's a massive risk. So that's encouraging for Trevor Lawrence, and I think we will gradually see him put together whole games like that. Um, this is similar similar to Andrew Luck when he just spent like his first season just throwing a ton of interceptions, and then admittedly continued to throw interceptions, but at the same time was good enough to nullify those interceptions in the first place. So, yeah, and it's it's just the curve. I mean, quarterbacking yeah. is difficult. And quarterbacking as a rookie in the NFL is extremely difficult. So there is yeah. learning. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You've just got to ride that slump and, yeah, and have faith that they'll come out the other side of it. And I think this week or last week, we started to see that happen with pretty much all the QBs. Yeah, agreed. Uh, anything else we want to talk about from week four? Mm. No. No, I'd, I'd, no, I'd quite like to forget it, to be honest. If I'm <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> it's, it was an unfortunate turn of events for the Niners, I thought. I, it, was, it, was, it was a game that should have been done by halftime. Should have been over. Mm. And I know it wasn't, and I know we didn't, and I know Phil's sitting there right now going, yeah, but you didn't, did you? No, but you didn't, did you? No, we didn't. And we absolutely should have. I mean, yeah. you know. They they were absolutely destroyed the first series for either team on both sides of the yeah. ball, and we should have just done that in the second half, and then we could have taken our foot off the gas. But we didn't do it for whatever reason, and it's a mm. it's a worrying trait. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a bit concerning. Uh, should we do gen of the week? Yes, let's. Okay, four uh, nominations were Andy Reid. Robert Sala, Mac Jones, and Daniel Jones. Uh, James picked Andy Reid. Duncan picked Robert Sala. You picked Mac Jones mm-hmm. for a gutsy performance uh, against in a situation where really it was going to be impossible to stand out at all, and he did a very good job of that. I picked Daniel Jones for a Josh Allen-esque turn of, of fortunes, I think. He is looking really good this year. I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be as good as Josh Allen. I'm just saying that he's turned his he's turned his fortunes around. Anyway, in reverse order, Daniel Jones 10.4%, Andy Reid 20.9%, Mac Jones 22.4%. And in in well, almost with 50% of the votes, 46.3% of the votes, Robert Sala for getting the Jets their first win and just I don't know. There's something about watching that that kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Like seeing that when the players were coming off the field, there, there was something about them. They looked, mm. 
it clearly meant a lot to them. And it was clearly something they've been striving to do. Yeah, this isn't a team. This isn't the Jaguars, for example. This is no. a team that really is is trying to uh, to get it right. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I won't profess to know any in depth kind of knowledge on their locker room culture and and how that's shaping mm. up. But I know Robert Sala fairly well in terms of coaching and his ethos, and I wouldn't mind betting that the players were more mm. pleased for him than they were for themselves because they will have been all in with him and the way he wants to do it and they would have bought up to it and signed up to it and they probably would have been getting not frustrated but disappointed mm. that they were doing everything that they believed in and it wasn't working. So for yep. them to finally come away with a win, I think there was probably... I mean, almost certainly, thank God we didn't go over four, but I think there will be a, a a lot of backslapping in there that, there you go, coach, we did it for you. We're, we're with you, yeah. we got this. And, that you know, they they could go on a bit of a run, especially with the way that their schedule's lined up and the trip to London that we know from speaking to teams in previous years some is something of a reset for teams and the change of scenery and yeah, it's a it bonding experience. Camp. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's come at a, a really good time for the Jets. Really bad time for the Falcons, but a really good time for the Jets. Yeah, Falcons were a little bit unlucky, I thought, to be fair. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe, maybe stop, um, stop the guy running up the field and then flying on the screen if you can. But uh, but there yeah. we go. Yeah, throw some uh, kryptonite down there or something. <laughs> um, some uh, thoughts. On Gent of the Week, uh, Vaughan Richard said, I'll throw a curveball here. Jason Garrett, as much criticism he's had in his tenure, he called a quality game. It's a good shout. It is a good shout, because we're the first to give him criticism as well. Do, do you know what I'd like to say to that suggestion? Don't give it a round of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't mention Jason Garrett without doing a clap joke. I, 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 I feel like Jason Garrett himself is probably the kind of guy that will go to a press conference and go you all hated me a couple of weeks ago yeah call me no he'll walk into a press conference and say you call me coach yeah yeah <laughs> just call me call me head coach no yeah. well you're not all oh, right you know you're not yeah um mike tomlin uh thierry stay stay safe jt says for letting big ben still pretend he's an nfl starting quarterback <laughs> for the end of the week <laughs> that amused me a little bit um so questions then. Let's move on to some questions. We are yeah. kind of rattling through this tonight. So um, Lightning Arrow, hello Adam, says, uh, as Arizona now are the only unbeaten team, how far can they realistically go? Well, they could They could realistically mm. be three games clear. No, they can't because the Rams are playing the Seahawks. Um, but two games clear top of the west it's a good position to be in yeah. and they will have been not confident that they'd get off to a good start but mm. they'll have been believing in their ability to do it the question for me because I think I think the days of your favourite team hark back to 1972 Dan think of those wonderful Miami Dolphins 
Um, yep. They won, the, what, 14 games? Congrats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the days of that, I, I genuinely don't think we'll ever see an unbeaten team again. The NFL, it's, the way it's yeah. built and structured now, it's it's not about all 32 teams having parity. Yeah. But you always, always have six or seven very, very, very good teams in the NFL in any given year now. And invariably, yeah. two or three of those will play each other two or three times a season. So to get through an entire season, which is an extra game longer now as well. In the game, a- NFC West as well. Yeah. Playing, yeah. playing all those but, teams twice. Yeah. But this, is, you know, this isn't specifically the Cardinals this year. This is just in mm. general. I think to sustain a level of dominance for 17 weeks and beat yeah. everybody put in front of you, I, I personally don't think we'll ever see it again. I don't think you'd get to the point where one particular team is that dominant. I think salary cap is just pushed to the limit as well. Yeah. Like if you've got good players, it's very rare that you build a roster entirely from draft picks that are all cheap that are all the difference makers. You do have to bring players in to spend spend money on them. And as a result, every team is generally there or thereabouts at the roster at the, the edge of their, their cap limits. So every team has some weaknesses and they are weaknesses that the right coach one week who will see something that another coach wouldn't see will exploit. And yep. it doesn't necessarily mean that 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 team is better than the team that's going unbeaten, but maybe they found something that's problematic for for the team that could go unbeaten. Yep. Uh, and as a result, the NFL is just a cruel cruel place for for teams, really. Yeah, and there are so um, many variables over the course yeah. of a game and a season. I mean, how many seasons do we sit here and not necessarily? a team losing their unbeaten record but a, mm. a 14 and 1 team losing to a, a a 3 and and 12 team and you go well, how on earth did that happen that's that's mm. just the nature of the NFL now and that's why i think it will be extremely unlikely that we see an unbeaten team make a season um but it, in, in, in getting back to adam's question i think yeah. i think arizona um I think they're going to take some stopping for the NFC West title. And if you get into the postseason, I mean, they're going to have a slump at some point. Yeah. Because, you know, you either start hot or you finish hot, or you start and finish hot, but you're a bit weak in the middle. Um, so there will be a, a rough patch for them. It happens for every team. Um, but they're off to a flyer, and <laughs> they're playing us this week. <laughs> I think the other side of it is that on the on the side of the AFC, yes, they lost a game, but the Buffalo Bills have found some form on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, like a scary amount of form. Yeah, they they look really good this year. But we see it every year, and it, it's always the team that I look out for is the team that starts stringing results together around week eleven or week twelve, yeah. and they get on a bit of a run because then they finish the season hot. And they're the team that you won't want to play going into the postseason if they, you know, as long as they're in touch when they hit that hot streak. Um, you know, a team that limps into the wild cards mm. isn't 
as frightening to me to a team that scrapes into the wild cards because they've won seven on the spin. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. The last unbeaten mm. team went, what, 12, 11 games unbeaten? And then 11, since yeah. then they've lost eight out of, they've lost eight one two, so and look woeful. Yeah, yeah, they look they look haggard now. Yeah, they, so. they deserve it, frankly. I don't disagree. I think I think we got a question on this, haven't we? So so I'll uh, I'll hold fire on that for the time being. Um, Danny at DK underscore 99 says, with the Bears now facing six games where Fields will probably get murdered again, should the Bears send Dalton in his sacrificial lamb, save the saviour, and let Dalton be the honourable martyr? No. Just no. See, what, see, what, see what Fields has got. If it's really looking like it's going to be detrimental to his actual playing, then take him out again. But I think you've just got to just let him roll with the punches a bit. Yeah, but to me, if you do that, especially now that you've named him the starter... Mm. Um, if you're going to yank him out every time there's a difficult defence to face, what does that tell you about his his abilities and your confidence in his abilities? Well, he yeah. might get he might get hit this week. No, we won't yeah. play him. We'll put Nick Foles in. It doesn't matter if he gets yeah. hit. He's only costing us a small fortune. Uh, Mike Hedger says, why are the Washington defence so abject? They have a much vaunted D-line, played decently at the back end of last year. What's going on? Thanks to Marvin Gaye. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I have a small theory on this, which is that I think by the end of the year we'll realise how important secondaries are compared to defensive lines. I don't think it's a 50-50 yeah. split anymore. I think it's you want to build from your secondary forward. Yeah. yeah it's much easier to... Yeah, it's much easier to get sacks from having a good secondary than it is to force especially modern quarterbacks to miss because they're under pressure because so many quarterbacks now are good under pressure. So I think you, you want to have better cornerbacks. Now I don't think Washington have a bad secondary, but I do think the scheme might be a little bit archaic. Um, and I think they started to build from the front backwards, just as the rest of the league realized you need to build from the back frontwards. But yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, yeah. coverage that means the QB's got to hold it for an extra second is massive to the front of your defence. But I, I also think there's an issue with Washington hmm. that their guys up front are more interested in their numbers than they are in working together I'm not suggesting there's any kind of disharmony there but they're not working as a unit it, you know Montez Sweat is looking for a sack Chase Young is looking for a sack it's not the pair of them looking to get at the quarterback and get after the quarterback they're all there were a few times against Buffalo where you had Sweat on one end and you had Chase Young on the other end and the pair of them just got ushered round the back of the pocket. Josh Allen stepped up and had a ton of space to run into because they weren't they weren't channeling him into who's the guy in the middle? Duron Payne. Duron Payne. Um, you know, they weren't kind of pushing him into them or, or keeping that contained to mean that the pocket just crumbles around him. And all the time they're doing that, it gives the QB that extra second to move out 
so that he can attack that mm. less than stellar secondary. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's it's not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. So I think they need to, they almost need to dial it back a little bit. I think, I think they're trying to be too aggressive as individuals mm-hmm. rather than working as a, a, a unit of four to manipulate the gaps and, and create the pressure in the sacks. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. The, the, the way I look at it is this. The LA Rams have the best player in the league on their defensive line. Do they just literally line him up in the same position on every snap and let him take on uh, an offensive guard every, every play. Um, no, because that would be a waste of his his talent. So what they do is they line him up all over the, the defensive line and let him get to the quarterback in a variety of different ways. I think the Washington defense lacks... Um, I don't know. A bit of... Um, I think they just need a bit of a kick in the bum really like try new things with what you've got mm. yeah there's, they, they seem to do a fair bit of line for rush for there's not, there's not a lot of manipulation going on in mm. terms of asking what's going to do to do or trying try to keep, keep guessing guessing and for two semi-competent tackles, if all they're going to do is rush at you, it's very easy just to escort them around the outside and let your quarterback disappear up into the pocket. Because yeah. once you pass them, they've over-pursued, he's suddenly got a ton of space in front of him to pick apart your secondary. Run more stunts, for starters. Mm. Like the, the I say, the Rams still do that, and as a result, Leonard Floyd gets a ton of sacks and uh, a massive contract because all of a sudden someone that didn't think they were up against Aaron Donald is now up against Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd is kind of running free. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a gap. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I think they just need to be a bit more inventive. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they're just not cohesive at all. They're very talented and, you know... Very talented. We all sat here... In the preseason, when we're doing our all thirty-two, looking at that roster on paper, going, "Holy hell, that's going to be a formidable defense." And it's just all first and second round picks. Yeah, and it's on that, it's on just that line, it's so. just not working at the moment. No. Uh, far from Lombardi, at Far from Lombardi, say, "How much do you hate Rob Thomas comedy?" <laughs> do we hate Rob Thomas? Should no, he's lovely. Yeah. He, he came came on the podcast. Yeah. He was really sweet. Yeah. So, like, um, what I will say is. I, it seems to be that this is something they're doing a lot of at the moment. I noticed this. Um, they've got uh, a YouTube channel. Go check them out. Just type in Far From Lombardi into YouTube. You'll find them. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I don't personally hate Rob Thomas. I, 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 I mean, I must have missed something. But They just wanted to cheat right to me. They did, and they got one. Yeah, so, it congrats. Worked. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Good work. Uh, Discord questions. You want to come join the Discord? Head to Twitter, which is at Gridiron Gents. It's the pin tweet at the top, um, and we have a lot of fun on the Discord. Um, let's start things up. Baz for Bake, who is kind of like a law keeper on the Discord, and he will be on the podcast next week. Daddy um, Baz says, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we almost with almost twenty five percent of the season done. 
Uh, which teams do you see going to the championship games and Super Bowl now, and how has it changed since the start of the season? I think from the AFC, it's I can't remember what I, I went for the start of the season, but I did have the Bills winning the Super Bowl, and I'm sticking by that one. I think. Yeah, I can't remember who I picked actually. Um, probably the Falcons, knowing me. I I think I know who you picked, Sai. Who did I pick? I think you picked the Niners. Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? That's right. I was just yeah. backing the Niners the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's still all to play for. But yeah, take it, taking my red and gold tinted glasses off. As a team, they're the kind of team that you worry about if yeah. you're the opposition. Because they're hanging around, they're, they're two and two, should be three and one. They're two and two, and you know if they get through to kind of six mm. and six, and then go on a run, their roster is deep enough and talented enough to be a dangerous team to face in the postseason. So yeah. you know four weeks in, it's far too early, and I know Bass knows that. It's a, it's you know. It's just asking it to see what we think, but you can't sit there now and look at a you, you know you look at Arizona and say we're four and looking dangerous. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like that all season. The question is when they drop and have that patch, how long will it last and how deep will it be, um, and how will that affect you know if the other teams stay two games behind them all the way through the season. Mm. And then they have a, a four or five game stretch where the luck goes against them or they're less than stellar. Suddenly they find themselves three games behind in the NFC West. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a long season in the NFL and it's really difficult to be able to sit there after a month and say, yeah, they're, they're definitely the real deal. Yep. But if I had to guess, uh, AFC would be Bill's and Niners I'm sticking with the Niners Bills and Chiefs I think in the AFC <laughs> NFC I think the Packers are going to just go on strength to strength mm. from there so I'm going to go Bills really? and Packers you yeah. say the Packers yeah no I'm not happy about it so yeah you are you're a Packers fan you keep on and on <laughs> banging on about the Packers no it's, it's one of those one of those things where you 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 just can't stop talking about how much you hate something. That's the Packers for me. Um, although I, you know, I always say that, and their fans are always lovely to me. So I'll shut up. But um, yeah, I think the Packers and Bills. I think not Packers and Bills. Packers and um, I've totally forgotten the other team. I said, say Rams. No, no, whatever. I'm I'm changing it up anyway. I'm going Bills and. Not Bills in the NFC. What's wrong with me, Simon? What's going on? I'm going. I'm going to go Rams. I think the Rams make it. It's almost like we've done this two nights on the truck. Um, I think Rams and Cowboys. Oh, Dan. Jeez, really? I know that's the worst. Could you? you, I was going to say. Could you have made a worse combination? Um, uh, and then uh, Raiders. um, (laughs) Raiders and Chiefs. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Raiders and Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I, I think I'm just I think not watching Chiefs. Championship Weekend. <laughs> like, can you imagine just not wanting any of them to make the Super Bowl? Oh. Yeah, but if those four are the ch- in the Championship game, then yes, I can totally imagine that. Um, so, but I think the Super Bowl is going to be Bills Rams. 
So that there's that. That would be a bit of a throw fest, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Mm. So there we go. Um question that we really like we spent far too much time on last night so we're not going to spend too much time on it tonight that, actually that's not true firstly we've got to get through Josh's nonsense question um, who do you think Zach Wilson's bust in canteen will be next to I mean I think we both said the canteen in the end yeah yeah. canteen in canton yeah the um, or propping open somebody's office door there you go yeah like a paperweight yeah, yeah. um this is the question we really liked. NUFC Jack 1991 says, which player is the best on their team by the larger distance? Even though Mahomes, Donald are the two best players in the, the in the league, they have top three in their positions, Kelsey Hill, Ramsey, on their team. My shout is Trevor Mc, Tre, Terry McLaurin. So here's some th- food for thoughts. Josh said McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, which I could definitely see. Mm. Danny Galloway said TJ Watt. Uh, he also said Rogers isn't an awful shout does have Jair Alexander and Devontae Adams as well who's very good Uh, Deshaun Watson but I just don't like thinking about it if he still exists at this stage Josh also says Alvin Kamara Danny says Derek Henry but I think AJ Brown Julio Jones yeah yeah um I really like the TJ Watt shout, but the more I think about it, the more I think Minka Fitzpatrick's quite good at his job. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It kind of goes back to what we were saying about parity in the NFL, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. very difficult to build a roster that only has one talented individual on it. I mean, Houston have made a bloody good fist of it. Um, But... You, you can't help but end up with at least two or three very, very good players on your roster because you're either going to hit lucky in the draft or you're going to have a ton of money to spend to buy some talent. And it- See, even Khalil Mack was a choice for me, but then I like Roquan Smith, I like Alan Robinson. I think they're, they're not a million miles off talent levels of... Khalil Mack no, David Montgomery's sneaky good too he's getting yeah I think he's going to have a very good season when he comes back from mm. injury which hopefully should only be four to five weeks but you know, it's more longer than I would have liked yeah but a um, lot better than it could have been least worst scenario yeah yeah that's true um, I mean the McCaffrey one you've, you've got, I mean especially now they've signed Gilmore you, you, you've got to look at that defence Brian Burns Jeremy Chin yeah, but is, is Christian McCaffrey just a ton better than them? Because he's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but if you're looking at other players in their position groups and their respective standings, hmm. I mean, Brian Burns is up there. Jeremy Chin's certainly up there. I, it would, I mean, if he were playing, it would be Deshaun Watson. But I don't want him to be the answer. Um, no, nope, me neither. So, yeah, I mean, the Terry McLaurin shout's good, especially at the moment, the way Chase Young and Montez Sweat are playing. Um, mm-hmm. But if they if they start playing properly, then that kind of negates them to a certain extent. Um, I think Alvin Kamara's a good shout as well. Yeah, because they suddenly look talent poor, don't they? Even their talent looks talent poor at the moment in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Something wrong in New Orleans. Yes, yeah, there definitely is. Um, 
I think I'd, I'd still consider going TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt's very, very good. Um, Miles Garrett, potentially, but Nick Chubb's pretty good at his job. Yeah, that, that Browns roster's stacked, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson. Um, hmm? Lamar, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yeah. I, I think that was my choice in the end last night, I think. Yeah. I think I'd stick with that. I, I think, think Lamar Jackson is... We had Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews. Yeah, but I think Lamar Jackson's a different level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, so, he's, yeah. he's head and shoulders above the rest of the roster. It's a question yeah. as to whether anybody else on that roster is head and shoulders above the rest of their discipline. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson might be the answer. Mm. Um, that's it questions wise leads us on to the Thursday night game which I haven't got prepared oh yeah remember. yeah the actual sport that we've been talking about yeah there is that uh, Rams and Seahawks Rams come into this one three and one Seahawks two and two Rams however lost their last game Seahawks didn't play the game um, the Rams it felt like came up against the kryptonite, which is the Arizona Cardinals, with a team that have multiple players that can get beyond this dome that they put up with their cover two shell. Um, and that caused problems. Now, the Seahawks are talent poor, in my opinion, compared to the Rams. But they do have talent in areas that could cause the Rams problem, in the sense that Russell Wilson's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are both burners. That could cause problems for the Rams in their secondary. What do you reckon, though, Si? It, it certainly could. Um, but I think the Rams will take heart from what they would have seen watching last week's game. And I know Seattle mm. won it. And as we've already discussed, they really shouldn't. I know they did, but they shouldn't. Um, and the Rams will look at that offence and think... It's it's not scary anymore, you know. You you played the Seahawks, and you'd think, okay, well Russell Wilson's mm. going to drop it on a sixpence. He's going to run around for eight seconds, and he's going to find the time, and he's going to escape the rush. And we're you know we're going to have to cover up front and down the back and both sides. It, it's just not working that way at the moment. Their run game is almost ineffective to a certain extent because that offensive line is not making any holes. Russell Wilson seems to have lost a certain amount of his elusiveness and yes I am thinking about that one ridiculous play against us for the touchdown where mm. he yeah, I, I swear he detached his foot and got out. Um yeah. but you know that offensive line as it has been the past couple of years is not good and Russell Wilson is losing a certain element of his ability to be elusive and when you've got Aaron Donald lining up all across that line in front of you Russell Wilson isn't going to know where it's coming from and the Niners did a fairly good job of keeping DK Metcalf quiet and not allowing mm. him to be the bully which is normally what happens with him um, I think the Rams are even better equipped to be able to do that and they can do it on both sides so they can do it to Lockett and they can do it to Metcalf I, I really don't fancy Seattle's chances here on this matchup offence v defence 
for me, I, I think there are things that the Seahawks can do that will cause the Rams problems. But I also think there are things the Rams offense can do that will cause the Seahawks defense absolute fits. Yeah, they're, they're going to be chasing shadows for large portions of this game. Yeah, this could be an epic game for Matt Stafford, mm. in my opinion. Uh, Cooper Cup just seems to teleport into open space. Like he just seems to get there. Yeah. Like I don't think he's the fastest. I just think he is incredibly good at route running. Yeah. I, I think he's one of the best in the league at that. And he just seems to to be able to just completely sell a nightmare to 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 uh, secondaries. Yeah. And you know that McVeigh is going to be sat there thinking of thirty seven different ways that he can force Jamal Adams to cover Cooper mm. Cup because Jamal yeah. Adams in coverage. Well, I genuinely think I could probably do a better job. Yeah. He's, yeah. His so, coverage is woeful this year. Yeah. he's well, He was it was last year as well, to be fair. Mm. Quandra Diggs is having a good season so far, though. He is, yes. And he's looking very good. The, you know, I. it's almost as though Ken Norton still believes that he's got the Legion of Doom back there. Mm-hmm. Um and he hasn't, but he also doesn't have the the front end to enforce that. I mean, for large portions of the game against us, it was just how many ways can we spread Bobby Wagner? Yeah. And outside of that, they had nothing in the middle. Well, McVeigh's going to have a field day with that. You know, I, I yeah. genuinely think we might see... Departure from what they've been doing to date, and maybe a, a a tendency to revisit what they were doing last year. Quite yeah. a bit of jet sweep and stuff across the middle, and because that's where I think I think that Seattle defense has a soft underbelly now, and if you can yeah. get in that kind of five to fifteen yard range over the middle, I think you as long as you spot the safety on the hook before you throw the ball, Jimmy. Um, you know, th- there are yards to be gained there, and I think I think the Rams could just consistently chunk 10, 15 yards of play here. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think it kind of comes down to this. The Seahawks' defence has a problem in the sense that if they're just going to rush four every time, there's no way they're going to get past that Rams' offensive line, which is playing very well this, this season. Mm. So then if you bring extra help with Bobby Wagner or Jamal Adams, then you're going to see Cooper Cup get open a ton in this game. Yeah. And you give Cooper the, up five yards, yeah. he'll hit Cooper up. Cooper Cup five yep. yards, he'll take 15. <laughs> yeah. I don't think... I think that the Seahawks' defence is going to have massive problems in this game. Yeah. And I think that's where this game is going to be won or lost because I, I could conceivably see a situation where... The Seahawks are down 21 to nothing, and we haven't even got to the end of the first quarter. Which is exactly what should have happened last week, but didn't. Mm. Yeah. And, but uh, I think the Rams have what it takes to kind of... Yeah, oh yeah, the, uh, the, Rams, the Rams offensively will do a, a far more competent job of, of putting Seattle in chase mode. And yeah. the only way Seattle are going to win this, which sounds obvious, but the only way Seattle are going to win this one is to outscore the Rams. And I don't yeah. think their offense can outscore the current Rams offense. Yeah, I agree. So let's get some scores then. James has gone Rams twenty-seven to fourteen. 
don't know whether you already had that one. Um, yeah, I've got a few written down, funnily enough. Uh, Duncan went Rams 33 to 28. I'm guessing you had that one as well. Yep. Yeah. Here's where we re- re- realised that I'm making it up as I go along. I've gone Rams 34 to 27. Yeah, I've got that written down. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about you and Tim? Uh, Tim's gone with the Rams 27-14. Uh, um, I think it's going to be the Rams as well. I don't see Seattle outscoring them. Um, just because I'm an embittered old man, 47-7 to the Rams. So you like the Rams more than you like the Seahawks then? Uh, no, I dislike the Seahawks more than I dislike... Actually, no, I dislike the Rams more than the Seahawks. I always ah, will. There you go, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm rec- recency bias. I understand that. <laughs> um, right, thanks for listening to the first pod, which should be up at some point. Um, if you want to contact us, hit us up on Twitter. It's just at GridironGents. Or you can email us, hello chaps at GridironGentlemen.com. Come join the Discord, is what I'm going to say this time. Uh, it's the pinned tweet on our Twitter, which, as you know, is just at Gridiron Gents. We're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of chats about the NFL, about college, about betting, about fantasy, all kinds of stuff. Anything that's related to the NFL, any breaking news, we're having conversations about it, and it's a lot of fun. Plus, you get to see the side where we swear a little bit more as well, and we're a little bit more... Especially when we realise Dan fans. hasn't hit record. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Recording tonight, Si. <laughs> Recording tonight, so that's something. Anyway, we'll be back either a day maybe two days maybe three days who knows um we'll be discussing the london game in that one as well and potentially we might have a little bit extra from uh our roving reporter this week uh, josh hunter so uh thank you for listening back soon goodbye <laughs>